When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we are going to talk about Representative Massey's little bill. And uh, we'll, we'll go through the discussion that it has prompted. Um, we'll go through the points and counterpoints that are being made and explain why they really don't matter at the end of the day. Why that's not the discussion that should be taking place. Because there's really only one thing that matters when it comes to this. And we'll get to all of that. While the discussion, as it's taking place, is entertaining, it is fun to watch the mental gymnastics, it it doesn't actually further anything. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Representative Massey and like two dozen other Republicans introduced a bill that would prohibit the United States Department of Defense from requiring that uh, its personnel get the vaccine. Okay, so when this is said, obviously the first thing that pops up is you do know that the military requires like a dozen vaccines, right? And yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's fun to say. It is fun to watch people respond to that. It is entertaining. But at the end of the day, it's a whataboutism. It doesn't actually further the discussion and it doesn't uh, demonstrate why they're wrong. It just points out a hypocrisy. doesn't move the conversation along. So at the end of the day, it's fun, but it doesn't matter. The next thing is that troops should have the bodily autonomy to make this decision for themselves. No, it's not how it works. That is not how it works. Um, I generally agree with that argument when it comes to making this mandatory. I don't agree with it. I don't believe the government should be able to come in and say, you have to do this with your body. That's wrong. I'll argue with you all day saying you need to go get one, but I don't think it should be done by force. If you go back and watch those videos, you'll also hear me say that if you don't get one, certain opportunities won't be open to you. The U.S. military is one of them. Okay. Um, Okay. First, the idea that those in the military have the same level of personal choice as those outside of it is ridiculous. The United States military, every military all over the world, is authoritarian by nature. It functions under a strict hierarchy. If that hierarchy breaks down, it fails to work. That's why when major militaries go into countries overseas, the very first thing they attempt to do is take out command and control. They try to disrupt that hierarchy. As far as bodily autonomy in the military, that's not really a thing. Um, If it was, how many troops do you think would PT? It's not a thing. It doesn't work like that. And when you say this, you have somebody say, well, show me where that's written. Okay, the answer is Form DD-4, Part C, Section 9. It's the enlistment papers. 
actually has a whole section on the fact that if you sign this, you are going to be required to do things that civilians don't. There's a whole part of the contract about this, actually. Now, the moral argument, I agree with it. It's sound, bodily autonomy and all of that. I will suggest that those who uh, know what makes the grass grow green, I'm going to suggest that they might have a different moral compass because they have to because of what they have volunteered to do. When it comes to the military and military personnel, morality doesn't matter. Morality and war-making capabilities really don't blend well. Those two things have nothing to do with each other. To prove this, if uh, you've watched this channel for any length of time, you know that when it comes to people of different orientations and identities, that uh, I think they should be able to do whatever they want. I don't think it should be held against them. It's not wrong. They're not hurting anybody. That's not a uh, negative mark, in my opinion. So morally, they should be able to serve. But when that conversation came up, that's not how I addressed it. Because morality doesn't matter. What matters is readiness. And when it comes to trans troops, study after study has shown it doesn't negatively impact readiness. So they can serve. That's the overriding question. That's the actual question on the table. So, how does having unvaccinated troops impact readiness? Negatively, a lot. By however many percent choose not to get it. Let's suggest that only the, the MAGA loyal refuse to get the vaccines. You're talking about 20% or so. Okay. We'll go through the three main styles of operations that have been recently conducted. Okay. Now, if I was to go through and list all of the negative ways this would impact readiness, this video would be like five hours long. I'm just going to focus on three general types that people can easily relate to. First, let's talk about an unconventional conflict. So, like those that we've been fighting for the last two decades, you have troops that are out in uh, forward bases, right? And they train local forces. So, if the opposition wants to degrade U.S. warfighting capability by 20%, all they have to do is get one of them that has it in that training group. That's it. Because then, one of the U.S. troops takes it back to the base, and in those close quarters, it spreads and reduces capability. And that's just scratching the surface. That hasn't even factored in the macho guys who pretend they aren't sick and still go out but because they are sick, well, they're not, not as sharp. So they make mistakes that cost other people. That doesn't factor in the drain on transportation because these guys have to get airlifted out. It doesn't factor in the drain on medical supplies because they have to be treated. It impacts readiness in a huge way in that situation. Now let's talk about humanitarian operations. U.S. troops go down and elements show up to, I don't know, vaccinate people, you know, something they do, uh, or distribute relief supplies, winning hearts and minds and all of that stuff, right? What happens when somebody on that deployment 
is sick and brings that to that population. That Hearts and Minds mission just went sideways when it triggers an outbreak, right? Completely undermines the entire mission in that instance. Now, let's suggest hypothetically the U.S. might be re-gearing and retooling to face off against near peers, as is actually happening. These countries, well, they're more technologically advanced. So they don't have to go the low-tech route of getting somebody into a training group. They can just release it because they have the technology to do it. And because it exists in the wild, it won't even look like something designed to degrade capabilities. It wouldn't be seen as a precursor to an attack. This list goes on and on and on. I don't think you can give me a viable reason to support the bill, though, other than MAGA. It doesn't exist because the only legitimate one is the bodily autonomy argument, but that's literally voided out because it's the military. So, I will be honest. If I was tasked with... uh, disrupting or degrading a major military's combat effectiveness, I'd be bribing politicians to introduce this kind of legislation. Because that's the only thing it does. All it does is degrade U.S. readiness. Support the troops, right guys? Okay, but I do have some good news after all of this. First, Biden isn't going to sign this. This is a joke. It's more of a political stunt for a very small base of people. Okay, Let's say, though, hypothetically, that uh, at some point in the future, something like this does pass, and it gets signed. Okay, The military will ignore it. The military, the U.S. military, has a long tradition of ignoring politicians who think they know better who refuse to embrace science, and who try to degrade military readiness. And I know somebody's going to say, well, that's not what the founders intended. The founders did it. There were prohibitions against certain kinds of inoculations during the Revolutionary War. George Washington attempted to abide by these until it impacted readiness. And then he went ahead and did it anyway. People talk about how bad Valley Forge was. One of the reasons is that a lot of the troops were getting over their inoculations. I would point out that uh, it knocked the the infection rates from 20% to 1% and made him combat effective again. So even if something like this passes, it is worth noting. Sure, maybe the military can't say, you have to get out if you uh, don't get this vaccine. Maybe they can't say that, but they can say you're not worldwide deployable because you're not. And if you're not worldwide deployable, well, you can't advance. You can't get promoted, so you need to get out. They will find a way around it because it is that important to U.S. readiness. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.